Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Danny Meringue. And then I went to this movie theater. This is that I made a noise like this. Dusty Hera. Then this was horrible. All the people started getting sick and throwing up all over each other. I'm beginning to like this kid, Mike. <laughs> this is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080. The Fan. The family, they got the cell phones out, ready to capture. Lillard, 89%er from the stripe. That's excellent free throw shooter. Kayla, his wife, the twins up there, Dave Jr., they're all here. Here's Lillard for the record. And he knocks it down. Congratulations to Damian Lillard. Knocking it down from the line, 21 points. And he has now moved past Clyde Drexler for the all-time scoring mark in Blazers history. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, Damian Lillard, 10-plus years, 730 games for the Portland Trailblazers. He passes the lone member atop the Mount Rushmore of scoring for the Portland Trailblazers. Clyde Drexler's 18,040 points, which has been a record for 33 years. Damian Lillard passes him last night, unfortunately, in a loss to Oklahoma City Thunder and a last-second shot by Shea Gilgis-Alexander. But Damian Lillard has been building towards this moment since the day he became a Portland Trailblazer. This is a guy who didn't run from the grind. He has said as much uh, over and over again. The open embracing of the franchise mantle of being that guy from day one. This is a guy who dropped... 20 and 11 against Kobe Bryant, Steve Nash, Pau Gasol, Dwight Howard on his opening game. He's the guy who ran knee first into Steve Nash and fractured his kneecap and probably ended Steve Nash's career on his opening night. Whoops. But Damian Lillard has been this guy from the jump and even more so solidified it the day LaMarcus Aldridge left. And I don't say that to disparage LaMarcus. LaMarcus was one of my, was one of my not only favorite trailblazers, but one of my favorite players of all time. I love watching LaMarcus Aldridge play basketball. I think, Jeff, you, Dusty, and I are uniquely positioned in our age group to have seen Clyde, to have enjoyed Clyde. Yes. But also close enough to Damian Lillard's age to know where he sits. Yes. And we got to watch Brandon Roy resurrect this franchise. We got to see LaMarcus Aldridge carry that torch. We saw those late 90s teams, the early 90s teams, the late 80s teams. We got to see every bit of greatness this franchise has outside of the title-winning Bill Walton team. We are uniquely positioned in the middle of all of it. And I think it's not necessarily easy but I think for, for a lot of people, it is easy. Will, who was in here yesterday for you, is 25. 
Damian Lillard is that guy. Brandon Roy brought him back to basketball, but mm-hmm. Damian Lillard was the solidifying force and the rejuvenation of the franchise for the last 10 years. And you, we talk about this so much about the NBA versus other sports, how the transactional nature of the NBA has become more important and more apparent for the marketing of the league than the actual games itself. And Damian Lillard is a fly in that ointment. He is a guy who is about substance, about product, about what the game is supposed to be and has delivered on that every single night that he's been on the floor. Uh, Clyde, maybe I'm still just too close to it and we're still too much in the moment of Damian Lillard. Mm -hmm. Uh, To me, Clyde Drexler always felt like a basketball player who happened to be a trailblazer. Yes. Damian Lillard is... A trailblazer. Yes. Like, that's that's what he is, and that's what he wants to be. That's what he wants to be known as. And I don't mean this to denigrate or disparage Dame or and or his legacy. I think Dame would have been this wherever he was drafted. Yeah, it could be. I think he's just built like that. You believed in me. Let's say the Sacramento Kings don't go full stupid and draft Thomas Robinson, and instead draft Damian Lillard, like they said they were going to. Do I think that he set a new scoring record and is a franchise icon for the Sacramento Kings? Unabashedly. Yeah. yeah, Unabashedly. Does it help that it's, would it be different if he went, if he started out in a larger market, if he started out in New York or Los Angeles? Probably. Or Dallas, even. Dallas has Dirk, so I think there's a model there. L.A., New York, like a Miami, like a true transient, massive market, mm-hmm. Houston, you could probably say maybe things are different. Sacramento's a lot like Portland. A lot like Portland in yeah. that sense. They live and die with that team. But I say that not as a, as, as a shot at Dame or a shot at Portland, but more to build him up, to, to build upon his legacy, to build upon his mantle of, of who he is and what he is. When he has talked about wanting to be the greatest trailblazer of all time, that was from the jump. That was from day one. And he stated, to, to quote Damian Lillard, all ten toes. Yeah. Ten toes on the ground, yeah. full commit. Yeah, he didn't walk in on the stairs. He cannonballed. This is what this dude is. Does he have holes in his game or is he not this? Yes, fine. I don't care. He's when it's all said and done, is probably going to go down as one of the 50 greatest players to ever play this game. Yeah. His records are probably going to be untouchable when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. He's probably going to score 25,000 or more points. And I think just even in, he's still unique even today because you just, you feel like you're not going to see somebody that will stick around in a smaller market for the entirety of their career. And we're in year 11. Yeah. And we're, with the exception of last year, this is a guy who doesn't miss games. Right. He, he's just out there. At least in chunks. He, I mean, the first yeah. he didn't miss a game until his fourth year. Yeah. He, his first three years, he was at or near the league leading in minutes, in minutes played. This is a, he's built different. We use that jokingly on social media so often. Dame is built different. He gives a damn. Yeah. This is a guy who fully committed to Portland. And everybody talks about, well, you know, there's always somebody willing to listen. Things can change in your lifetime. 
when LaMarcus said, I want to be the greatest trailblazer of all time, there, there was, there's been notes and talks that maybe that was forced upon him. But in that moment, do I believe that, that he could have actually believed that? Yes, I do. Just the same as I do, Dame said it, in year four. Mm-hmm. But you are not the same person at 26 years old that you are at 32. If you are, you have failed. Yeah. And I feel like it, it's... I'm trying to think about the, the best way to phrase this. There are so many guys out there that they care about what people think of them and how they are perceived in terms of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what they're leaving behind or, the, or, or what they're doing currently. And it, that is oftentimes regarded as, you know, being sensey, like a Durant, right? Yes. You know, the, the, how their legacy is viewed. Yes. Now, I think that... Lillard, he also cares about how his legacy is going to be viewed, but not in. But he that controls soft that narrative. Way. Yes, that's the that's the thing. Yeah, this is a guy who who has stood by it in the sense of he has moved his entire family up here. Mm-hmm. His brother, his, his whole his, family. His, his, I, I want to emphasize this: his whole family. Yeah, he has houses for everybody. Here. Yeah, he's building a mansion here that will keep him here post playing career. Yep, it is not a house that you build. And visit in the summer. Right. Yeah. Like, I want to emphasize this. Or try to sell three years later, because guess what? You're not getting your money on it. No, because he's going to end up having one of the biggest houses in all of the state yes. when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's that kind of spot. Yeah. Why? Because he's been so successful here that he's going to make $600 million as a player when it's all said and done. Wow, that's bananas to think He's going to make so much bleeping money. <laughs> oh my lord. He's one of the one of the most one of the highest rated Q rating players in the NBA. Who has more national ads than Damian Lillard? Think about it for a second. Baker Le- Mayfield? LeBron. <laughs> yeah. Does Steph has have as many national ads as Dame? No. You probably see him every commercial break in Oakland and San Francisco. But, but the, 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 this is Yeah. Dame in little old Portland is mm-hmm. one of the most well respected, sought-after spokespeople in the league. Modelo. Whether it's Modelo or Tissot, whatever you want it to be. Adidas. He is the face of Adidas basketball. Yep. It ain't easy, I can tell you that. (laughs) He has done all of this and been so committed to this franchise. Mm -hmm. And for everything that happened last year, he did tempt fate. Yeah. He did go have lunch with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And you know why? Because he felt like those around him, Shay, mm-hmm. were not doing what they needed to do. Right. Yeah. They did not reward his loyalty. Mm-hmm. They did not take care of his loyalty and his his image and what he has done. And he won that power struggle. And now he is in this spot solely atop the mountain as a scorer. Yeah. There are still detractors out there who would say Bill Walton is the best trailblazer of all time because he won an MVP. Yeah. Something nobody else in this organization has done. He won a title. At some point, you have to consider longevity in it. And that's the kicker here. Yeah. Damian Lillard is in his 11th season, 730 games. He has been to a Western Conference Finals. That is as deep as he has gone. He has not won a game there. Clyde Drexler, two NBA Finals. Yep. Multiple ran, Conference Finals. Ran into a couple of buzzsaws in the Finals. Ran into the Detroit Pistons and Michael Jordan's Bulls. And Damian Lillard, to be fair, in that Western Conference Finals, ran into a buzzsaw in the Golden State Warriors. Yes, he did. There was not anybody that was going to stop them. No. And that's what's interesting about Dame's legacy, is it's going to be about longevity. Is It's going to be about everything. Mm-hmm. We don't have to pick and choose, because it's going to be... Everything's going to be there when it's all said and done. Yeah. Perhaps without a title, but 
I do believe that they will have an opportunity to at least get him there. And the difference also between, you know, Clyde and Dame's air quotes failures in mm-hmm. those in those instances is they were both, you know, with the Pistons and the Bulls. Those were both at dynasties. With dynasties. Yes. And same with Dame against the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Dynasty. You can't say that about the Walton team in 1977. The, the 76ers were not no. a dynasty. You didn't really have right place, a dynasty right in the 70s. And, that's, and, and honestly, this season feels like a, one of those 77 seasons. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because of you will not find anybody in the league talk about Damian Lillard in a sense other than praise, yeah. in, including his former teammate, C.J. McCollum. Dane became the all-time leading scorer for yeah. this franchise tonight. Just what are you feeling seeing that, knowing how long y'all journey was together in Portland? Yeah, I'm extremely happy for him. I recorded a video for him um, a few weeks ago on, uh, anticipating this moment. I know how hard he's worked. I know uh, our relationship, what that is and what that will be for the rest of our life. The, the bond that we have is something special, and I'm just happy for him because I know um, the type of work that he puts in. You know, A lot of people see the success. Um, on the court, but you don't see what, what goes into the success, the sacrifice, the work ethic, the 6 a.m.s in Vegas, all the stuff that we've done together and all the stuff that he's done independently to, to build himself up for these types of uh, moments and accolades is a, is a testimony to his hard work, his faith, um, and, the, and the coaching staff and the organization putting him in position to succeed. So um, I'm extremely happy for him, and I'm not surprised. Uh, that's something that um, we expected him to accomplish based on his greatness. That is the same sentiment that is echoed by teammates and opponents alike. Shea Gilgis-Alexander last night said along the lines of, I want to be like Dame. Yeah. You don't hear anybody say S about Dame. No. There's Even, even behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I, I'm privy to stuff behind the scenes. Yeah. And, and what players won't say publicly. Right. It is very rare, very rare, that an opponent, an executive media has something sideways to say about Damian Lillard. He is one of the best in universal approval rankings there is. There's there's detractors everywhere for everyone. Everybody's got haters. Everyone does. That exists. Pat Beverly exists in everyone's world. <laughs> right? <laughs> yep, unfortunately. <laughs> but even last night, even last night, in a relationship that is, I've been told has since been mended pretty well, congrats at Damian Lillard. Legacy moves from the Marcus Aldridge. Yeah. You get these opportunities only so often. I genuinely believe that this is a record, and Dame will continue to set it. Every every single point he scores is a new record, mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy to think about. Right. Right? Yeah. He will set a record that probably won't be broken in our lifetime. Yeah. And that's just, that's a hats off to him. This is this is the feather in the cap, and this is something who players won't admit that this stuff matters to them. Ever, Dame has admitted this matters to him as soon as four years ago. Yeah, four years ago he knew this was in sight. That's how that's how far out he plans this stuff. He has said he wants over and over again. When you think about the Portland Trailblazers. The first name that comes to your mind is Damian Lamont Ollie Lillard. Yeah. This is a hell of a way to do it. Absolutely. Being number one in points, that's it's kind of the marquee one. Outside of titles, outside of MVPs, when it's all said and done, he's going to lead this team in points, assists, threes. I mean, you run down the list, he's going to have yeah. every single record. 
So he's in, in his 11th season, 32 years old. What do you figure safely he's got left? You think five years? Five years, probably. Yeah? F- five years of, like, elite-level scoring. Yeah, so the, it, so the next five-plus years of adding on to that record. And you, you let's just say he averages, he averages, uh, let's see, I, I want to say he's, like, around, like, 1,800 points a season, 1,900 points a season. Let's cut it down. Let's go 1,750. So 1750 times five, that's another 8,750 points. Yeah. When I said 25,000, I wasn't kidding. Yeah. Because he, sh- and realistically, that's that's bringing him, bringing it down, right? Yep. He's averaged yeah. almost 25 a game for his career. 24.7. Okay. And that's with averaging only 19 his rookie year. Yes, only. That was his lowest. Scrub. That was his lowest season. Scrub. <laughs> If you say he averages, let's say he, he in the twilight of his career, he's a Chris Paul, right? In mm-hmm. the sense of the, the counting numbers drop down a little bit. He's yeah. 18, 19 a game. Distributing. Yeah, but being a floor general, but yes. still with some Dame range, some some Kyle Lowry-esque-ness to him, okay? Yeah. I think it's well within reason to say that he gets 27,000. Man. 30 seems like maybe too far. Mm-hmm. And the reason why it's too far, and for for everyone's like, oh, he can make thirty. The difference here is LeBron James started that counting record at nineteen years old. Yeah, Damian Lillard started in his year twenty two to twenty three season. That's a that four year gap. That's a lot more runway to get those points up. And when you start thinking about it, LeBron James averaging basically nineteen hundred two thousand points a season. That's another free 8,000 points, and that's why you have those separators and you have those differences. So congrats to Damian Lillard, uh, number one in franchise scoring for the Portland Trailblazers, and will continue to do so with every single point he puts up. The Portland Trailblazers will take on the Oklahoma City Thunder again Wednesday night with an opportunity to avenge uh, Monday night's loss, maybe get a sour taste out of their mouth and kind of figure out what they have going forward. Uh, Coming up here on Danny and Dusty, uh, transfer quarterbacks are bounding around, and what does that mean for the Pac-12 as fewer and fewer landing spots are popping up for elite-level transfer quarterbacks? Uh, this is Danny Morang here on uh, Danny and Dusty. We got the show name. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Danny Bray here on Danny and Dusty and entering the danger zone when you enter an NFL locker room uh, following a uh, stupid loss. Uh, as Bucks reporter Jenna Lane, uh, I want to say found out because she's a veteran reporter covering the NFL for ESPN for quite some time now. Uh, rediscovered? Re- rediscovered, yes. Uh, also, a little side note, a uh, little, little plug here. 
Still haven't seen Top Gun Maverick. It starts streaming in two days. Wow. So uh, it's, it's, it's on the menu. Yeah, you got to get on that. It's a shame that you haven't seen it, seen it in the theaters. I, I know. I know. And I'm not normally one of those people that says, oh, you got to see it. This one, you, you, you got to see it. You know what this means is that it means I have to get out the, the extra big TV screen and crank up the... the the, sound, the surround sound of the house, which drives my wife absolutely insane. There we go. Yeah. Well, you, you need to get that rumbling like uh, like when he buzzes the tower. Yeah, you're damn right. I want coffees to spill. Yeah. I want some butts. Yeah. Negative, Ghost Rider. The pattern is full. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can tell you also you want some butts right now. It's Gio Bernard. Uh, I'm, you know what? Let's, let's, let's play the audio first, and then we'll backtrack through it. Let's set the framework for it real quick. Well, you were injured all year. What have you done for us to talk to you about all year? I, I talked to you Tuesday. You would just don't oh. just talk. Don't say you're not talking because I didn't talk to you all year. You were also injured most of the season too. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Can I go to my family that I have outside? And you all can. Of a sudden now, just, just don't say we didn't talk to you. We, all year. we just wanted to ask for your perspective on what happened. You're there. involved in one of the biggest plays of the game. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Jude. Appreciate That's your all. time. We do. We won't hold you. We, we would have talked to you in the season, but also okay, you were injured. Just tell us what occurred on the, on the punt. Miscommunication, that's all it was on my part. I take complete fault for that. Was it a fake? I don't know. It was complete fault. My fault. That's it. Did, Is it something the team hasn't practiced It's all me. All me. That's uh, something I did wrong, and that's all. So you were It was all on me. Yep, number 25 out there, that was me. Um, I was the one that did it. But were you aware it was, it was just a fake? Me. Yeah, I, I messed up. I understand that, but I'm just asking if you knew it was fake. I messed we just up. didn't know if it was a communication Yeah, breakdown. I messed up. Thank you. Okay. Yep. Thank, Thank you, guys. Thank you. Okay, so for those that are trying to figure out what the hell is going on there, uh, there was a botched snap on a uh, fake punt that ultimately led to the Bucks losing a game against the Bengals. That's not what's important here. What's important here is the perspective of locker room and interview and media etiquette. As someone who's been in a locker room a lot, <laughs> um, there's ways to handle things. There's ways not to. I don't think this was handled appropriately really by either party. But the funny thing about this is as a media member, you were never, ever, 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 ever going to get anybody feeling bad for you. <laughs> No, that's not how this works, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. I will say that the players in the NFL and NBA, for all of the why are you bothering them, let they have lives, they don't need to answer to you, number one, shut up. Number two, you don't know what you're talking about. Number three, they are literally contractually obligated to do so. Yes. I, was, I, I want to get that out there beforehand, but also there's ways to, to not do this. And this was a way not to do this. Everything that happened here on both sides is really dumb across the board. Mm-hmm. Number one, Geo here dropping the, what, I, I can't go to my, talk to my family outside. <laughs> no, dog. You, you know how this works. You got You were involved in a big play. You know how this is going to go. You're, you're not a rookie. You're not dumb. You're a guy who's been around the block. You've been a starting level, level running back for most of your career. Like You, you know how this works. Yeah. So that part of it was really dismissive and dumb, and he should know better. But the other reporters following up with comments like, well, you know, you haven't done anything all year. And it's like, wait, wait, wait what did you say? Yeah, that's a, yeah. It, it, every part of this. I will give Geo credit, though, because he does reel it back in and answers the questions professionally. 
But every single time one of these instances come up, you get the um, the player out, outcry. And you have Kevin Durant saying, Gio, Giovanni handled this like a true pro. Ryan Clark uh, replied with, did bro say what have you done all year? Wow. Jeremy Macklin, he, then he answers your question, says it was miscommunication. Y'all proceed to ask him if it was a miscommunication for 30 more seconds. Yeah. James White, to even post this is just odd to me. Answer your question at the end of the day, which I probably wouldn't have even stopped if I was him, if y'all would have attacked me like that. Nobody attacked anybody. And this right. is, this, there's this whole stupid world of how media works. And for every single one of these players to act like this is like he was accosted or this weird interaction, it took place because number one, the reporters made or excuse me, Geo made it awkward and the reporters made it worse. Yes. For a local example, there are particular players in Portland media, I should say Portland media and the Portland Trailblazers, mm-hmm. a, a very large Bosnian man. Who sneaks out of the locker room before anybody else? Yeah. It happens. We all know it. Mm-hmm. We just kind of roll with it. If Nurk is a big part of a game, he'll be at the podium. But otherwise, he gone. Yeah. He knows how this works, though. If he's involved with a big play or has a monster night or has a bad night, yes. he has to answer for it. Yes, and he will get asked about it. And he will. Yes. So, Geo, by trying to... <laughs> Skirt out the back door here, sparks this whole thing off. Yes. And it's the dumb just falls upon itself <laughs> over the next 30 seconds. Yeah. This is a, if, if you're a journalism student, watch this for, for what, what not to do. Yeah. Basically, everybody kind of dropped the ball here and, and handled it poorly. Across the board. Yes. And stop listening to players talking about how this is like the Nurburgring trials. <laughs> okay. This is ridiculous. You got Jeremy Macklin talking about how he gave an additional 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Yeah. You're not Brittany Geiner being held on the other side of the world from your family. You're held for 30 seconds asking us, answering a stupid question. Move on, guys. Yeah. Move on. Yeah. You're clearly not going to get the answer you're looking for here. That It's just... Yeah. I hate seeing stuff like this because it makes, it makes good reporters who... I have no reason to believe that any of the reporters in there are bad at their job, but it makes them all look stupid. And again, as we started this, there is no world that exists or a reporter or a media member who was in one of these situations. No one who has not been in your position gives a damn. Right. Because you're going to look like the entitled reporter, Mm -hmm. no matter what you do, no matter how you slice it. So putting this video out there in the way that she did, because this is how it all started was Bucks running back Giovanni Bernard didn't want to talk to the media about what happened on the botch fake punt. Here's that interaction. As reporters, it is our job to seek clarity on what happened, especially on the most pivotal play of a game. Like she knew this was going to be this S show that it was. Mm-hmm. And the way to do this is probably not use inflammatory language on the tweet to try to spark this in the first place. Right. Yeah. Like some great injustice was done by Gio Bernard walking away from you. <laughs> Can you believe this? That's what this all comes down to, and that's what makes this so stupid in the long run. You just look at it and you go, but why? But why? So there you go. There's your stupid media literacy class for the week, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Enjoy. Uh, coming up, 
the transfer portal is heating up as big names are landing in spots and there's fewer and fewer spots for a potential quarterback to land. What does that mean for a potential transfer to Oregon State and the Beavers as they look to secure their quarterback position? But first, here's Jeff Ross with Sports Center. You ready, Mace? Party people in the place to be. Uh-huh. It's about that time for us to. Ah! Yeah. This is what Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey West, app and Portland's East, sports leader, 1080, the fan. Danny Marang here on Danny and Dusty. It's transfer portal madness as uh, official signing day is tomorrow, and I believe we'll have Andrew Nemec on. I know he's feeling a little bit under the weather. We've talked about having him on to solidify kind of what's going on coming out of uh, National Signing Day, which, I mean, it is what it is at this point with transfers and NIL and everything kind of in between, right? It's what happens when you're, you know, basing things on the decisions of, of 17 and 17, 18 year olds kids. Yeah. And lots of money. Yes. There's been news and notes out there that, and, and Nemec actually mentioned this, that millions upon millions are going to quarterbacks upwards of $8 million is some of the offers that have been discussed out there. I would imagine that for one, Devin Leary, who is this year's, I don't want to say Caleb Williams, but he's the prize transfer quarterback from North Carolina State who had his uh, season cut short by a, a peck injury last year, but a, an NFL prospect who is going to uh, reportedly replace Will Levis at Kentucky who was leaving for the NFL. I would imagine that Kentucky has quite the bag from the basketball donors. But basketball school, listen, they're a blue blood basketball school. That's fine. They're trying to become a football school in the SEC. I don't know if that'll work for them, but hey, props to you, right? Had a pretty decent year this year. They, they were before the he got Levis got injured. Mm-hmm. They were on track of being a pretty successful team, which again in the SEC difficult to do. But this is another quarterback that is buttoned up, right? Now you start looking at who's available, who's out there in the transfer portal, and how things could shake out. There was uh, thoughts or notes about potentially JT Daniel being back in there, Keaton Slovis being back in there, DJ Uyungle being in there, Hudson Card being in there. And all of this matters. Why? Because of what's going on in the Pac-12. At the very top, you were solidified. You've got Caleb Williams at USC. You've got Michael Penix at UW. You've got Bo Nix at Oregon. That is the, the holy trinity of what will probably be Heisman favorites coming into next year. At Arizona, you have Jaden Delora. You do have an opening, perhaps, at quarterback at Arizona State, where former Oregon offensive coordinator uh, Kenny Dillingham has taken over as head coach. But wait, there's more. Former five, or excuse me, former Duck commit Dante Moore, five star, the number three overall player, the number three overall quarterback in the class, behind Arch Manning and Malachi Nelson, Texas and USC respectively, is now at UCLA or committing to UCLA because of Bo Nix's return. You've got Cam Ward at Washington State, and you don't really care about what's going on at Cal or Stanford because, well, they're down Stanford. Uh, Shador uh, Sanders is going to take over quarterback at Colorado. All of this is pointing to, again, Oregon State. And, or excuse me, Arizona State. There has been some reporting that D- DJ Uyungle could end up Arizona State, a true dual threat Kenny Dillingham type reclamation project that would make sense considering the history he had with Bo Nix. 
Okay, so that perhaps it's another one off the board for Oregon State. What about Hudson Card? Well, he's been talked about in multiple landing spots. And as I talk to people around who cover this uh, transfer news and, and, and notes closely, now it sounds like maybe Oregon State isn't a player for either of them, DJ or Card. Where does that put the beeves, Jeff Rust? Well, I find it odd that you would think one of these kids would be like, look, this team, this school is basically, they're a quarterback away from being the class of the conference and, and being a very, very, very good team. Yes. I have a hard time believing that not one of these kids would be like, I wouldn't mind trying to be that final piece. You'd think that'd be the case, but is Corvallis holding it back? Is the lack of crazy NIL money? There's, there's, there's so many things that go on in these kids' heads. Yeah. But you have to think that Oregon State, Jonathan Smith, that they are going to figure this out, or do they believe in, in their incoming freshman and Aiden Childs that much? Well, and I think, you know, all the reports are, too, that the, the way that Jonathan Smith likes to do it is to recruit kids from high school and, and develop talent and build things that way, um, which is all fine and good, but sometimes you just have a glaring hole that needs to be addressed, like right now. And that's going to be interesting to see what the Beavers do here down the stretch because the we know what this conference is looking like going into next year. We, we have a very good idea of, of who's at quarterback, who's at wide receiver, who's at running back. Oregon State's going to return the, the Pac-12 freshman of the year, and Damian Martinez at running back. The Trojans are going to bring back Caleb Williams and the Heisman Trophy winner, uh, running one of the most dynamic offenses in the country. Michael Penix is going to put up video game numbers at UW. At UW. Arizona and Arizona State, Jed Fish has got something going in Arizona, right? They're still figuring things out. Deion Sanders, we've gotten this far, and I haven't, this is the first time mentioning Deion Sanders other than mentioning Deion Sanders' kid. Yeah. They are expecting the biggest turnover in college football at Colorado this year. Pay attention to the number of kids leaving Colorado is yeah. what I was told. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of changing in the Pac-12, and almost all of it is for the good and the prosperous of the of the conference. Yeah, absolutely. This, I don't want to say if Oregon State doesn't get it done here that that it's a failure, but it does kind of feel like it is because of the opportunity that's at play. I almost maybe maybe we're just splitting hairs here, but yeah, missed opportunity, a glaring missed opportunity. I think missed opportunities are are for like seven and eight win teams. When you're talking about 9, 10, 11 win teams or the opportunities for that, that's failure. Fair enough. And I, and I think that, that when, that's what you talk about when you talk about competing with the big boys. Mm-hmm. We, uh, let's, let's go frame of reference. National brand, USC, right? When we talked about this summer, my expectations for USC. Nine wins was a good season yep. because of the framing of what was supposed to be. Where they end up already surpassing that, competing for a Pac-12 title, having the opportunity to maybe go to a college football playoff, that is a failure because of the expectations of the brand. Has Oregon State not lifted that bar high enough to be a missed opportunity or failure? Right. Because I think when you're talking about taking those next steps, that's what comes with this, Mm -hmm. is that it's no longer aw shucks. Right. Which has kind of been the brand of the Beavers. Yep. Now it becomes failure. 
Yeah. Got to try to figure out how to quit being just the little brother. And this is how you do this yeah. is these, the, the monumental steps. So it'll be really interesting to not only to watch national signing day, the, the ripple effects and then the, where guys end up because just because it's national signing day doesn't mean the remainder of the class is going to sign. Right. Because there's a, a lot of guys that will sign ultimately in January once they kind of know where things are settling out. But, I am so, so, so very interested to see what happens at that quarterback spot for the Beavers. All right. Uh, we're going to wrap things up here uh, on on Danny and Dusty. Um, I don't know which way we're going to go. I'll be honest. I'm not going to tease anything. I remember one time a while back, Isaac Ropp teased it back when I was doing the television days. Mm-hmm. And he goes, coming up next, the next segment. That's That's exactly what we're going to go with because <laughs> you know what? It is just one of those days and my voice is on its last string. So, uh we're going to go to break now on the next segment coming up here on Danny and Dusty. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080, The Fan. Wrapping things up here on Danny and Dusty. Uh, you know, we're not going to sports, Jeff. We're done sportsing for the day. All right. We're done sportsing for the day. Cool with me. I say that, but first of all, let me talk about sports real quick. <laughs> Did you see the awards show for the World Cup? I know like the World I, Cup is over, and now like we're no longer allowed to talk about soccer for four more years. Yeah. Did you Did you see the awards? I did not. Emmy Martinez is the goalie for Argentina who stood on his head. Mm-hmm. Uh, they gave him the Golden Glove, okay. which looks like a um, Adidas version of Thanos' gauntlet. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right? It's, you know, the, the glove on the stand. Yeah. Right? Picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. So he goes across this stage that's littered with dignitaries and various attractive women in what look like flight suits or like uh, old-timey uh, uh, flight attendants. Gotcha. Like, it's it's strange. Uh-huh. I'm not sure what's going on there. <laughs> but whatever. Uh, and then there's the Sheikh Sultans and all of the Middle Eastern dignitaries in the background. And I kid you not, I'm going to stand up so you can see this, Jeff, which plays really well on the radio. Yes. But so you can get an understanding of this. He grabs the award, walks across the stage, and ba-da! Oh, goodness. Puts it up to his junk and flashes it like a 15-year-old. <laughs> Gives it a Beavis and Butthead old thrust, puts it at his crotch, and points it up. Need some TP for your bunghole. I mean, just full 15-year-old, like, oh, you gave me this phallic symbol. Let me go ahead and stand on the middle of this stage in this arena filled with 40,000 people. Wow. And dignitaries of all types and go, and yeah. boner. <laughs> and dry hump the World Cup trophy. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, Which man. I think kind of signaled the epic party that is currently going on in Buenos Aires, Argentina right now. Yeah, no kidding. Where the city is basically shut down at this point in time. Because yeah, everybody is in the streets. They have they literally helicoptered the Argentina players out of a two-story bus. Wow. Because they the were going over well, they were going o- uh, under overpasses and fans were jumping off the overpass onto the bus. They're like dangling themselves down like little spider humans and falling into the bus. It's like we talk about the SEC. It just means more. Listen, man, I tweeted out earlier. If you think this is nuts, wait until the Trailblazers win an NBA title. Those strip clubs that are closed doors right now, they'll (laughs) they'll spill out on the streets. You will see blood-stained $2 bills 
flying in the air like confetti. <laughs> Just oh, pure, man. unadulterated stupidity. And let's wrap, let's wrap up with some non-sports sports, unadulterated stupidity. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Yes, I was just reading about this. Legend. Legend. For those that are unaware of of, of the wrestling cult that is, a very large man in a singlet who carried a 4 by 4 Yeah, if you ever watched wrestling in the 80s, you know who he was. Or still is. He's not dead yet. He's He's, still alive. He's still still very much alive. Otherwise, this story would be even more insane. It would be. But December 8th, Hacksaw Jim Duggan interrupted or stopped a potential home invader. And I love the way this TMZ calls us out that he Jim says he took down the man who was in his mid-20s down to the ground and held the guy at gunpoint using a 44 caliber pistol. I want to iterate to folks. They're not talking about a 44 caliber pistol. They are talking about when you talk about a 44, you're talking about a bleeping hand cannon. Yeah. A 44, it's almost certainly a revolver. Yeah. And it's almost certainly weighs seven pounds. The enforcer. This is somebody. This is something where after you fire all six rounds, you can beat them to death with it. Yeah. Okay. Dirty Harry style. This is an intimidating firearm. That's what this is. But, long story short, he says, "Thank God we didn't shoot him." Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and apparently this guy had been running around knocking on multiple neighbors' doors trying to get let in, and what they say is, uh, um. Oh, what was it? Seeking refuge from a separate legal matter, which I don't know what that means, but apparently he came in through an unlocked door at the uh, at the Duggan residence and and ran to the wrong guy. Listen, I've been tweeting it out a lot lately. F A F O. Yep, exactly. And Although, I will say this guy did get lucky though, because Hacksaw says that they're not they they must have felt sorry for him, figured out what was going on, because he says they're not pressing charges. Not pressing charges. So uh, a salute of the day to Mr. Hacksaw Jim Duggan, an American legend who could have turned a guy's head into a canoe and opted not to. That's a good thing he didn't have a two by four within reach. Listen, be thankful he had a gun and not a four by four or two by four because he might have split you open. Yep. <sighs> All right. No rust tomorrow. Dusty back in the building. I don't know if I'll be here. My voice is about cooked. <laughs> but have a wonderful, wonderful night. We'll catch you tomorrow at noon to 3. Uh, we got a best of all week for uh, prime time. So Buck will be in here shortly to wrap things up. For Jeff, I'm Danny. Have a wonderful night. Take care. Talk soon. Mm, bye. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.